Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, a podcast for all you wine lovers who, if you're like me, just cannot get enough of the good stuff. I'm Yanina Doyle, your host, brand ambassador, wine educator, and sommelier. So stick with me as we dive deeper into this ever-evolving, wonderful world of wine. And wherever you are listening to this, cheers to you. Hello to all you wine lovers and welcome back to another episode. Now today is all about Prosecco and I have no idea why it's taken me so long to do an episode on this world famous much loved sparkling wine. Now I thought if I'm going to talk to anyone I should talk to somebody from one of the most important Prosecco producers in the Prosecco territory. So I'm joined today by Flavio Goretto, who is the Global Export Director of Villa Sandy. So I'm really excited about that. We will not only be covering and tasting a selection of their wines, but we will be discussing the different classifications within the quite large Prosecco region, how they differ, the different soil types, what great foods go with different specific styles of Prosecco. And this is a really nice follow-on episode after my last episode, which was on rosé wine, because we are going to discuss the rather new category that is rosé Prosecco, D-O-C. Now, before I do that, do you know the grape variety of Prosecco? Well, I'm going to take us back a decade or so and tell you the story of the grape and the name change. So up until 2009, the grape was in fact called Prosecco. Now, there's actually a town called Prosecco found in Trieste, which is in the Friulia, Venezia, Giulia region. And it is thought to be the birthplace of the Prosecco grape, hence the name. Now, before 2009, the structure of the Prosecco territory was actually rather different. Now, just to understand that, and it's useful to know the terms, there is a quality hierarchy based on geographical indications. At the highest level is DOCG, Denominazione de Origine Controllata y Garantita. Then you have DOC, Denominazione de Origine Controllata, and then IG. Tees, which are Indicazione Geografica Tipicas. And at this point, there were lots of IGTs, for instance, Prosecco del Veneto or Prosecco del Venezia, and they had one DOC. So they had already recognized this one DOC, which was called Prosecco de Conegliano Valdobiadne, to be better. Now, in 2009, they decided to promote all of these IGTs to just one region, simply to call it Prosecco. Prosecco DOC, which is what we know it as today. And then they promoted Prosecco de Conegliano Valdobiadene to the DOCG, the top level quality of Italy. So then, of course, they needed to protect that region and also avoid any further confusion. And so that is the point when the Prosecco grape got renamed Glera. Now, for all of you who want to get a little bit wine geeky, there are in fact three major clones of Glera. I'm going to discuss that along with the other grape varieties that are allowed in the blends of Prosecco over on my Patreon channel. So patreon.com slash eat, sleep, wine, repeat. And they are lovely bite-sized episodes for Patreon members. So please go and have a little look over there. We'll also be looking at the Rives, which are special hillside vineyards 
within the Conegliano Valdebiadene region, which is still a relatively new category and one of the top, top categories really worth knowing about. So before going over to the chat with Flavio, remember there is a transcript that will help you with some of the Italian names that are going to be mentioned. So you'll find that in the show notes. Without further ado, let's get to know Villa Sandy that little bit better. Thank you, Flavio, for joining me. I'm very, very excited to be drinking this fizz. So real pleasure. Thank you for the invitation because uh, it, it is always a pleasure to speak about the world of wine that is very big. Not only about uh, the, the the winery that I represent, but in general, it is always a, a big opportunity to share values and uh, to share opinion about this world that is the best uh, the best way you you can work now. Do you know the thing that I love talking about prosecco is that for the average consumer. So many people are drinking it now regularly, but they have no idea the different categories, the different quality levels, the different styles, everything involved. So today we're going to run through a little bit, aren't we? We're going to do a little bit of tasting and hopefully bring something new to the Prosecco drinkers that just tend to just pick up a bottle and not think about it. So I have already poured the rosé. So I don't know, have you got some rosé poured? Yes, I have. Fabulous. Cheers. Virtual cheers Cheers. to you. Now, we're going to talk about the rosé in a second, but I have to ask you, how did you get into wine? It's always interesting. Did you have a special wine moment? You know, you're Italian. Quite clearly, you were drinking it from birth, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) I can tell you that, uh, first of all, uh, I am very lucky because uh, I was born in a family who was uh, in in the wine business for uh, for many generations. It was uh, a small business Mm. because uh, I was born in the province of Venice. But uh, it it was the opportunity for me from uh, when I was very young to go in the the vineyards to see the the harvest and to fall in love with this particular world that as I told you it, it is a rich of stories of not only of wines but also of stories of people of gentlemen that can can create an history okay and mm-hmm. as I told you from that I decided that my my way also, in the professional point of view, was to continue to work uh, in this particular uh, business. So I, I decided to study economics, but graduating in marketing and wine. And also, I uh, in mm-hmm. the meanwhile, I made sommelier studies, the WSET number two, because uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I like the, this world. And from uh, 2015, uh, I am in Villa Sandy, and now I am the, the global export director of this company that is uh, a leading producer of uh, Prosecco, a family-run business, but uh, one of the most important brands uh, in, in the Prosecco region coming from the real area, because uh, you know that uh, it is unusual now to Prosecco is a very big trend, but uh, we don't have uh, a lot of mm-hmm. families involved for many generations in the Prosecco business and uh, Moretti Polegato family is uh, one of them. How many generations have they been in charge? Because this beautiful, spectacular villa mm. that I say to everyone, you must Google it, it's, it's beautiful, has been around since the 1600s, hasn't it? So there's a real history with Villa Sandy. But this family, how long have they been around for? They are uh, in, in in the wine business for, for many generations. Now we are uh, in the third generation because uh, the mm-hmm. family was founded by the father of Mr. Giancarlo Moretti Polegato, who is our president now. Mm-hmm. The third generation is already on board. We have a diva, Moretti Polegato, our global brand ambassador. But uh, coming back to the villa, the villa is dated the 1622 because it is the year in which uh, 
it was built by the Sandy family. Sandy mm -hmm. was uh, a very noble family from Venice. Do you know that okay. after the fall of the Roman Empire, there was the establishment of uh, the Serenissima Repubblica di Venezia. It was uh, okay. a, a big state uh, inside Italy that covered uh, a big portion of Italy and also uh, in the northeast of Italy and uh, mm -hmm. last for a long time because uh, last week was 1,600 uh, years from the foundation of the Republic of Venice. So uh, okay. it is uh, in Italy after the, the Roman Empire, the single state that lasted more time after the fall of the Roman Empire, as I told you. Mm -hmm. And the Moretti Polegato family bought this villa that was originally a summer residence mm -hmm. to completely refurbish to the old splendor and to, to make a celebration to this family because they could put and maintain the, the big tradition of viticulture in the, in the area of Prosecco, uh, where Villa mm -hmm. Sandy is now, uh, because, uh, you know, they used to have a very big property, but also there was a big number of vineyards mm -hmm. to produce quality wines, uh, to use for the, um, the parties in the villa mm -hmm. and in Venice, and also to give uh, everyday wine for the workers, because uh, at that time, uh, all the jobs, the works uh, in the countryside uh, were made by hand. So they needed to be stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and so, funny enough, I know that there are underground cellars in this villa, right? Yes, so when they, they refurbished the villa, they could find an underground cellar that was dated... Uh, one part uh, when the villa was built, and uh, one part uh, was dated uh, to the First World War of uh, 1915 mm -hmm. and 1918 uh, because uh, the villa was uh, the headquarter of uh, one of the headquarters of the Habsburgic army. Okay. So they, they used the villa, created mm -hmm. some uh, grottos in order to arrive to the Piave River without uh, uh, avoiding the, the bombs. Ah. You know, there is a big history about this also for the British people because... Uh, there were a lot of British soldiers that came and fight during the First World War mm -hmm. in this part of Italy. In fact, there is about 10 kilometers from the villa, there is also a very famous British cemetery. Wow, okay. So it is, there is a lot of story behind. Also, the villa is behind the Piave River. It is very historical because during the First World War was the border between Italy and Austria. Mm. And uh, after uh, the, when Italy could win, also that part of the land uh, behind the river could come back Italian. But from a wine point of view, our president, when they, they could see the underground cellar, they decided to start the production of a Metodo Classico, traditional mm -hmm. method that is made not with Clara, that is the grape of Prosecco, mm -hmm. but uh, with the Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So we have uh, 1,000,000.5 uh, storage uh, bottles in storage uh, in our cellar. It is one kilometer point five that connect the villa with the winery. So wow. it is uh, something very, very unique in our that region. That is amazing. Yeah, for sure. And so how many bottles of traditional method sparkling wine are you actually making? We are, uh, we are uh, selling about 100,000 bottles every year. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the, the storage is, uh, is bigger because we store about one million and enough. Mm -hmm. because we have different maturations. So yeah, yeah. we have from 24 to 72 months of mm. uh, fermentation. 
Very interesting. Now, obviously, we need to point out we're talking about traditional method and in Prosecco, the Prosecco territory, Prosecco DOC, Prosecco DOCG, they are made with the Charmat method, which I'm sure we'll probably yes, touch yes, on yes. in a second. But it is good to point out for those people that think that anything that comes from you know, the Prosecco territory is the the fresher style. There are traditional method made wines also to possibly try. But let's talk about this rosé. I said to you, didn't I, I really wanted to talk about rosé because it's only since last year that Prosecco DOC rosé has been allowed to be exported out of Italy, right? We are drinking the El Fresco Prosecco Milamissimato 2020. Yes. Ah, I should probably point out, I was going to say how fresh this wine is. One of the most amazing things about you guys, Villasande, is that you don't actually bottle everything straight after harvest. You produce to order effectively. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think that really sets you apart slightly with the real freshness that you guys can offer. Yes, first of all, I, I would like to, to point out that every grape, every wine has its own identity. So, mm-hmm. as you told me before, the identity of Prosecco, the, when you have a quality Prosecco, the freshness must be the distinctive element. So, mm-hmm. you know that the, the concept of, uh, of time in, in every wine is, uh, is very important. But so, if you have a, a red wine, the excellence is when the, the maturation is uh, is very long for uh, for more time. Also, mm-hmm. in, the, in the traditional method, you need many months in order to have the excellence. For Glara and Prosecco, is completely the opposite. So mm-hmm. we need to preserve this freshness. Our yes. Astag is uh, as fresh as possible mm-hmm. because uh, when the wine is fresh, you can perceive all the most important characteristics of the wines. In fact, uh, we have this unique, also the name of the wine is uh, Il Fresco. Mm-hmm. And we have this uh, very unique method, uh, 100% of our production, uh, to chill the mast after the pressing. So mm-hmm. we don't do the bottling uh, after the harvest, but the most important thing uh, is that we don't produce uh, the wine after the harvest. Because uh, if you store the wine after the harvest, waiting for the second fermentation to become uh, a sparkling wine, mm-hmm. you lose the freshness because the maturation that the wine will have in the tank will change the potential freshness of, of the glare you have inside. Mm-hmm. So we decide to use this method to chill the mast after the pressing. It means that when the, the skins are pressed, it is only a soft pressing. Mm-hmm. We have a machine that put the temperature from 15, 18 degree, that is the harvest temperature, mm-hmm. to zero degree in half an hour. So in this ah. way, we can full a lot of tanks of mm-hmm. Grape juice. Right, so no fermentation at all. Okay. No, 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 no. We don't have fermentation and mm-hmm. we stop the fermentation at zero degrees. So we have a, a big storage of uh, grape juice. Mm-hmm. And only when we decide to produce the sparkling wine, we eat the temperature. So the fermentation starts uh, in a natural way because the yeasts inside the, the mast start the fermentation. But mm-hmm. we have immediately also the yeasts to make the second fermentation. And uh, as you know, the second fermentation is uh, from uh, the wine to the sparkling wine because uh, the yeast uh, eat the sugar. There is a liberation of uh, CO2, but mm-hmm. it uh, happens in a closed tank. The name is Autoclave. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, CO2 will go to the inside of the wine, making the wine sparkling. Okay. So mm-hmm. in, in this way, we can have different styles uh, depending on the quantity of sugar that we have in one liter of uh, of wine, but the the very good news 
is that we have a wine that is fresh every time we produce the wine. The wine is always fresh, like if we start the production after the harvest. Mm. In this way, we could maintain the most important characteristic of the, the Prosecco, that is the freshness. And in this wine, that is the Prosecco Rosé, we could maintain our philosophy, but we can add a lot more because I can tell you that the Prosecco Rosé DOC now is on fire. <laughs> I, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> it's on fire because it is something brand new. Mm-hmm. We could change the protocol of the DOC consortium and mm-hmm. we start to sell this wine in November 2018. So Mm -hmm. 2020 is the second harvest. So there is a lot of curiosity behind this wine because uh, it is the second harvest because uh, uh, Rosé, like a category, is uh, on fire as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that also the Prosecco name is very big uh, and uh, to have uh, a Rosé version that uh, I want to remind you that it is made with Glera, that is the grape of Prosecco, Mm -hmm. with uh, a quantity of Pinot Noir that must be produced inside the Prosecco region from 10 to 15%. So it means that the Glera can be from 85 to 90% Mm -hmm. and the Pinot Noir inside from 15 to 10%. And how are you making it rosé? Are you adding in the Pinot Noir at the end? Uh, or, yeah? Yes, yes. We, we do like this because uh, for, for Pinot Noir, uh, the maturation that uh, the wine can have is positive. It is not uh, negative like Inglera because mm-hmm. uh, in this way, the fruits can come out uh, in a very good way. So mm-hmm. what we do, we fill the, the autoclave with uh, the, the quantity of, of Prosecco we need. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, this wine 2020 is 90% of Glera. Mm-hmm. and 10% of Pinot Noir. So we will fill 90% of the capacity of the autoclave with Glera. Mm-hmm. We add the yeasts and immediately later, together with the Glera, we put the, the 10% of Pinot Noir. So okay. this second fermentation will, uh, will start immediately and we will obtain uh, immediately this particular wine. And uh, so all the wine will become sparkling together. Fab. Okay. That's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen, just like that. And it is delicious. We've already commented on fresh, so I feel like I can't use that word anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's already been stolen. But for me, yeah, loads of watermelon, loads of summer fruits, and it really is floral, which is no surprise. Prosecco in general, the Glera grape gives you these kind of acacia flowers and melon and pear notes. But of course, because this is a rosé, you get more of that. Of course, the the red fruits. It is really delicate. I'd like to point out for everybody, of course, it's the very famous Provence colour. It's the ballet slipper, the the onion skin, the very pale salmon pink colour. So it looks beautiful. It's what everybody wants to see in their glass. And yeah, super tasty. I've I've had a look in the UK. It looks like this rosé. I've seen it. BellaVitaShop.co.uk. They sell most of the Villa Sandy wines. Yes, yes, yes. They have a Bella Vita for, for the selling online. We mm-hmm. are in Selfridges for, uh, for the shops. Because, ah, Selfridges uh, as well. Okay, fabulous. Yes, it was the, the first choice uh, like Prosecco Rosé in Selfridges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it will be the, the most important Prosecco Rosé in Italy shop because you know that in London there is... A, do you know Italy is a, a chain of, of, uh, of restaurants with a uh, with, with shop inside that you can find all over the world. They are speaking about uh, Italy because... Uh, the name is E A T A L Y. So it is it Italy. Okay? Uh, so Italy. It is, uh... mm-hmm. Some someone's playing on words there. 
yes, 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 yes. But they are in New York, they are in Rome, they are in, in Paris, and the 28th of April, it will, there will be a big opening in London as well. And mm. the, the only Prosecco Rosé they will have is this. So, And in many restaurants of London, we have uh, in London about uh, more than 100 uh, restaurants with Villa Sandy. And uh, we are, uh, with the new opening, uh, placing a lot of uh, glass with uh, this uh, Prosecco Rosé. Yeah. Rosé in general is really food friendly. And then Prosecco is so, so good with food. What would you like to pair with this specific wine? But this specific wine, uh, for sure, uh, during the, um, the good season, so spring and summer, it, it is a very, very good, like an aperitivo. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have an aperitivo, for example, in a pool or, uh, or in a good square, I can expect that you can use also some fruits, for example, uh, yes. uh, strawberries, pineapple, and something like this that can, mm-hmm. uh, can go very well with, with this wine. But for sure, it is also, as, a, as you told before, uh, a food-friendly Prosecco mm-hmm. because there is a structure that is a, a very pleasant acidity mm-hmm. that uh, makes it a, a very good for uh, tempura for example, or uh, oh, uh, I think that yeah. uh, this can be very good with the Thai cuisine, with the Chinese cuisine. I would like this with a, maybe a bit of sashimi. Sashimi is perfect. Sorry, it's not the sort of thing you have in your fridge typically, but that is what I'm really wanting right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, I, I think that uh, sashimi is very popular because I can tell you, for example, I have uh, my oldest son is 15 mm-hmm. and uh, he loves sashimi. He loves mm-hmm. the sashimi. And uh, he wants every time to go, please, let's go to the, to the Japanese restaurant. So the new generation like uh, also to go uh, outside the normal Italian cuisine that uh, it is very good and it is our favorite for sure. Well, you guys have got very good taste. What can I say? <laughs> very good taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so... Hopefully, people are going to go out and search this specific rosé, the El Fresco Prosecco Millesimato 2020. Millesimato, that's for anybody who doesn't realise that is what means vintage in Italian. And this is about £15. And also, uh, you you were speaking about the colour, that is a nuance colour, etc. Ah. It is the protocol that gives us the, the guidelines. You can produce a pink colour Prosecco. The, the color of Prosecco is uh, of this nuance because uh, it is the protocol that decided uh, mm-hmm. which must be the um, provincial, we can say color, of the Prosecco Doc Rosé. Ah, so every rosé in general will be very similar to this. If people are getting a Prosecco rosé, they should expect this, this color. There is a range, but they are similar. Mm-hmm. There can be some differences, mm-hmm. uh, some more deep, some more clear, but uh, for sure not pink color. Okay, and also Prosecco Rosé needs to be aged a little bit longer, right, before being released, like 60 days minimum? Yes, 60 days. Uh, and Normally the, the Prosecco takes uh, a minimum one, one month, but I can tell you that uh, for Villa Sandy there is no chance because uh, we use it to, to produce our Prosecco with a minimum uh, uh, 75 days oh, of uh, fermentation in, in tank. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the DOCG and Cartizia we can arrive also more than three months, three months, three months and a half. You guys are taking it seriously. This is serious okay. Prosecco. Till we talk about DOC and DOCG and the differences within the Prosecco regions, perhaps you can explain a little bit more for someone who maybe doesn't yes, uh, understand it, the, the hierarchy of Prosecco. Uh, okay, perfect. Thank you for, the, for this question. Mm-hmm. I, I will try to give you the, the <laughs> most important differences because okay. there are many. But I can tell you that in general, 
The Prosecco territory is very wide because it mm -hmm. is around 33,000 hectares, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. And cover two regions of Italy, the regions of the northeast of Italy. We are uh, speaking about Veneto mm -hmm. and uh, Friuli region, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, Veneto is uh, the region where the capital city is Venice. Mm -hmm. So if you have the idea of the boot that is Italy in the mm -hmm. northeast, in the Adriatic Sea, you have Venice, so the region of Prosecco goes from that area. Mm -hmm. Inside uh, this area, we have a province, the province of Treviso, mm -hmm. okay, that is around uh, 50 kilometers northwest from Venice. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this province is uh, the very original production area of Prosecco. Mm -hmm. It is where Villa Sandi, that is in Crocetta del Montello, has uh, our headquarters. Okay. Okay? And uh, inside the province of Treviso, if you produce the DOC, you can write in the wine Treviso, DOC, because mm -hmm. winery and grapes come from this subzone. Mm -hmm. okay? But the good thing is that inside this province of Treviso, we have also the two DOCG areas mm -hmm. that are Valdobbiadene and Conegliano, or simply Valdobbiadene, mm -hmm. and Asolo. So the difference, if you have the, the label in, in front of you, it is very important because in Prosecco, if, if you can read very well the label, you can understand immediately the difference, because the DOCG area, both Asolo and Valdobbiadene, we can say that Valdobbiadene is the capital city of Prosecco. Mm -hmm. It is not very easy to pronounce, because Valdobbiadene, many times <laughs> in UK people say Valdobbiadene, okay? mm -hmm. but it is the town where there is the best expression of Prosecco. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that in terms of um, extension, the Valdobbiadene and Conegliano di OCG is around 8,000 hectares. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. The Asolo is uh, around 1,800 hectares. So, yeah, there's very little of it around, in yeah. certainly in the UK, and I imagine that makes sense anyway, how small mm -hmm. it is, an eighth yeah. of the size of Valdobbiadene. Okay. Yeah. In fact, if, if you consider the DOC, Valdobbiadene and Asolo are very small. The production yield is lower, because in the DOC you can have normally 18 tons per hectare, in the 2DOCG you can have 13.5 mm. tons per hectare of production. Okay? Yeah. And uh, the difference that a consumer can perceive immediately is that uh, if you have a DOCG wine, it means uh, in the label the word Prosecco will be always followed by the name Superiore, mm. because uh, uh, if a Prosecco is a DOCG, it is Superiore. Okay? If we consider Villa Sandi in general, you, you can see that the bottle of the OCG Prosecco have also the villa and the name Villa Sandi engraved in the bottle. All our bottles are only for Villa Sandi, so personalized bottle. But if you have in front of you the Prosecco and the, the Asolo and the Villasimato Valdobbiadene, mm -hmm. you can see that the two DOCG have the engraved Villa Sandi name and villa in the glass. Okay. They're beautiful bottles, actually. But yeah, I hadn't realized that the imprint of Villa Sandi on the, the DOCG bottles. So Because you know that our claim is Villa Sandi, the iconic premium Prosecco. Because uh, it was something that we, we would like to do in order to pin evidence that we are in the premium category. Because, you know, Prosecco is very big, like a name, but it is overcrowded, mm -hmm. like a category. Yeah. So yeah, you need so. To, to stand out from the crowd. Yep. And uh, uh, to make people to understand that they are drinking something uh, very different. So if you want uh, 
we can uh, drink uh, the millesima per nasolo. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Whilst you were talking, I already poured. I've literally got I've literally got both of them in my hand right now, ready to analyze and dissect. So to point out to people who sadly cannot watch me with both glasses in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bad luck for you guys. As we pointed out, there's the two DOCGs. So Flavia was very kindly sent me a bottle of each, one from Valdo Biadene. This one happens to be a vintage 2020. And then the Asolo, which is actually non-vintage. Am I I'm looking at the bottom? Correct. It's non-vintage, right? The Asolo? No, no. It, it is a non-vintage, but it is a biodiversity wine. Ah. If you see the back label. Yes, a Villa Sandy for biodiversity. Yeah, protection of soil, air and water. So what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it is our philosophy because mm-hmm. we have a, a very big uh, effort in order to respect the, the nature. And uh, mm-hmm. all the activities that we do, we do are under the name Villa Sandy for Life. Mm-hmm. That uh, you can see, we have the symbol in all the labels, mm-hmm. in all the back labels. So you have uh, after the, the name Bruta, you can see the, the symbol Villa Sandy for Life. But uh, the, the most important expression of this is the, the certification biodiversity, because uh, it is uh, a philosophy to try to have uh, the, a very low impact to the environment with what we do. Mm-hmm. So it is not uh, to say, no, we don't use uh, anything, but uh, it is uh, to try to help the nature to do its own job. So in this way, we don't need to use chemicals. Mm-hmm. For example, we have uh, in all our vineyards uh, some uh, uh, insect hotels that are uh, a sort of a five-star hotel for insects. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Is this five-star <laughs> hotel for insects named? Uh, insect hotel is the name because uh, for... Uh, <laughs> The, the first certification was in uh, in Germany, mm-hmm. and so maintained this. And uh, here we give uh, a room and house to different kind of insects in order to invite them to do their job in in the nature. So mm-hmm. one eat another one, they fly around, etc. So it is a, a very big opportunity, mm-hmm. and also a proof of how healthy is our vineyard because uh, you know that uh, all the insects you can give them uh, an house. But uh, if the environment is not natural, they will go out uh, naturally. So mm-hmm. after some weeks, some months, uh, they will not live uh, there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it is only that uh, you, you can do with them, but maintaining a very natural environment. For example, we did a lot of studies with the University of Padova in order to have a very strong roots in our, in our plants. Because you know that also the vineyard is like us. So if we have an healthy life, if we, we do sport and, uh, and we eat in, in the proper way, okay, mm-hmm. we don't need the medicines. And it is the same for the plants. Because if they are strong, they can live in a natural way, they will not need a lot of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So the, the proof of this uh, biodiversity, it is what we try to have in all our vineyards. This wine, the Asolo, is a certificate uh, biodiversity, mm-hmm. but uh, all our vineyards are uh, made in this. I can tell you that Villa Sandy is also the only private producer who owns uh, vineyards in all the denomination because uh, we have uh, okay. 200 hectares of property. Mm-hmm. We have uh, wine, grower, wine growers that give us uh, a, a lot of grapes uh, and uh, we control around 1,900 uh, actors mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the Moretti Polegato family owns also uh, other brands of Prosecco but Villa Sandy is uh, 
the most prestigious one because it is the dedicated to mainly to restaurants, etc. Mm-hmm. We have also La Gioiosa for the off-trade that you can find also in supermarkets in, in the UK market. But uh, for Villa Sandy, the, the majority of, uh, of the grapes that we use come from our vineyard or property. Mm-hmm. So it is very important this. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the different, uh, because I, uh, I am drinking the wine in the, in the meanwhile, <laughs> uh, the difference between the, the Valdobbiadre and the Asolo. I, do you know what, for me, of course, mm-hmm. let's, let's point yeah. this out so people really understand this. They're both very fresh. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, so the Val de Biadene, for me, has this really lemon peel nature, very floral. This is actually exactly what I tend to expect from a high-quality Prosecco. It's even got a slight um, almond skin note, slight nuttiness. But the um, Asolo is more mineral. It's actually Mm. a little bit more chalky and much more... Even a bit more melon. Well, these are my tasting notes. It'd be interesting for you to tell me what you smell and taste and maybe the difference in the soils or climate aspect and why they're so different. Yes, um, the, the two soils are, are very different, okay? But uh, mm. Prosecco is Prosecco. But I can tell you that in the Val d'Obiadene, uh, what uh, the, the element that I like a lot is the elegance of the wine. The wine mm. is very, very elegant. Mm-hmm. There is more complexity if we consider the, the DOC because mm-hmm. the, the lower production uh, give us uh, give space also to tropical fruits that uh, can be, uh, you, you, you tell melon, but uh, for example, pineapple is very, mm-hmm. very evident. In mm-hmm. my opinion, you can perceive also some uh, elements of pizza. But uh, yeah. what I like mm-hmm. uh, in particular is the taste in the mouth mm-hmm. because of this pleasant acidity that we could have in the, the Prosecco Rosé now is a creaminess, mm-hmm. creaminess in the in the mouth, and so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this makes uh, this wine also very good uh, to use during all the meal. But uh, for sure, better for aperitif, for fish, mm-hmm. for this kind of uh, of use because all prosecco is very good for for aperitif. If you come to Treviso, people drinks uh, only prosecco. So. Also with the Tibo, you, you will have a Prosecco. So please, when you will come to visit us, it will be like this. It has some acidity, so, you know, it will cut through. Do you know, I'm going to tell you a story quickly. I have been to Treviso and I've been in between Conegliano and Val di Biadene, and I recommend to anyone, my gosh, the hills, the landscape, yes, yes, yes. rolling hills. It's just sensational. I mean, this is a UNESCO World Heritage Site as well, isn't it? It's, it's beautiful. Yes, Biadana is a mm, UNESCO Heritage mm. Site. So. But still wine is made. There is actually, ironically for people, just to point out, there is still Prosecco, but I don't think any of that actually comes to the UK. But there are, you know, wines, the Veneto wines, obviously, that you can. And I managed to have, I'm just saying, there was red wine around for me. I know I'm probably gone against the grain and you're probably very upset with me, but I actually did have a steak (laughs) (laughs) when I was there. And I did actually have a very delicious red wine, which I was very surprised about because I didn't think that that would be offered. It existed. But um, now I know that I've actually been very naughty and I should have stuck with Prosecco. So I'm sorry about that. No, I can tell you that uh, in, in the Asolo region, in particular in the Asolo domination, there are also very mm-hmm. good uh, red wines. Also Villa Sandy produces, mm-hmm. uh, for example, Corpore, that is a Merlot 100%. And uh, it, mm-hmm. it is a red wine with a maturation in wood because uh, the terroir is, is very rich. And that's why 
coming back to the Asolo Prosecco Superiore, we have this minerality, we have this richness, we have also the color that yes. is uh, deeper yellow in consideration of the uh, of the Valdobbiadene. So I can tell you that, in my opinion, Valdobbiadene is uh, more elegant. It is uh, a very elegant, uh, if we consider a, a woman, very elegant mm-hmm. woman is with the jewels, etc., is the Valdobbiadene. <laughs> the, the Asolo is... Okay. Uh, the, no, the Asolo is, uh, is a little <laughs> bit more uh, casual. So, uh, a woman, very well-dressed, but with mm-hmm. a little bit more strong character, okay? Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, I define Asolo a food-friendly Prosecco. In fact, if you want mm-hmm. to pair with food, in my opinion, Asolo is perfect. And speaking about uh, UK, I always say mm-hmm. that, in my opinion... The Asolo Prosecco Superiore is the perfect pairing with the Friday fish and chips. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't need to tell us twice. We're sorted. Tick. I'll get that sorted. That's what I'll be having tonight or tomorrow. Done. And today's today's Friday. Uh, exactly. And uh, it's Friday night. And what happens on Friday night? Party time. So yes, if I have to order fish and chips, I shall. Okay. Good. Thank you. I'm following your instruction. What would you pair then with the Val de Biardine? Well, the other is perfect with uh, with fish, in my opinion, mm-hmm. every kind of fish, but in particular with uh, seafood, because yeah. um, it is um, a wine that uh, this uh, creaminess, okay, can yeah. help you a lot to to pair very well with the the structure of the fish. If you want, uh, mm-hmm. you you can use also with the particular uh, first courses from Italy, made with pasta with. Uh, well, for example, also a risotto with prosecco, for example, but also with the oh, vegetables yeah. uh, or mushroom can, can be very well. So white asparagus, right, is a perfect. White asparagus pairing. also, in my opinion, perhaps uh, mm-hmm. I think that white asparagus can be the right pairing for uh, another kind of uh, Valdobbiana that is cartizze. Uh, mm. <laughs> Well, okay, we need to talk about Cartese in a second. Mm. So I'm going to put that on pause. I'm just going to say, drinking the Val de Biadene again, I want some prawn dim sum. I guess I'm I'm sticking on the Asian front. I mean, to be honest, for me, Asian food and Prosecco always, always is always. a winner. <laughs> always, full stop. Any Anyone who wants anything Asian, <laughs> Prosecco will do, no matter what you've got. <laughs> it's a simple choice. But yeah, I want some prawn dim sum with that. And I still haven't quite decided what I want with my solo i'm gonna i might get back to you in a second do you want to begin the story of the amazing grand cru site i suppose unofficially grand cru the cartesi hill the one hill oh yes uh, with big pleasure because you know that the cartesi Mm. is uh, the best expression uh, of the wine produced uh, in the Prosecco region because uh, mm-hmm. Cartizia, first of all, uh, is the name of uh, an area uh, in the town of Valdobbiadene. As I told you before, mm-hmm. Valdobbiadene, capital mm-hmm. city, five uh, small villages in Valdobbiadene are part of Cartizia. Cartizia is a hill of only 106 hectares. So consider yeah. the total extension of Prosecco, 33,000 hectares. Cartizia is only 106. And uh, the, the big story is that uh, there are 142 owners. So it means that the average property is less than one hectare. So You have like 1.5, right? We have 1, 1.5 where the name Woo-hoo! is... Uh, You're Lee. winning! Yes! Very small. You're winning the race! <laughs> <laughs> You know, we, we are winning and also the name is La Rivetta. La Rivetta, that, that it, it is a, a small channel of water because, you know, in this, uh, in this area you have some water mm-hmm. coming from the hills and, and going down, but very, very small. Mm-hmm. And the name takes from this. So the characteristic of, uh, 
of Cartizze, first of all, is that uh, the name Cartizze is big in Italy, and uh, in the bottle of Cartizze, you don't have the name Prosecco. Word Prosecco is missing. You have only the name Valdobbiada and Superiore. Yeah, so basically, it's for people in the know. You gotta know. <laughs> You got to know how good Cartesi is yes. to get it right. Because uh, <laughs> sometimes they, they they don't know it is a prosecco. Because I remember during mm. a food show, a BBC food show five years ago, I was there and I say, "Do, do we want to try Cartesi? No, please give me a prosecco." The answer was, <laughs> "Oh, how funny!" You're like, "Look, this is literally the best prosecco you're going to have." I'm sure once he understood, he he had a sip, didn't he? <laughs> In fact, uh, and also, we, if you see, the bottle is completely different because we wanted to celebrate the difference uh, of this wine in consideration of the others. Here, the production mm -hmm. is very, very small. For the low, it is 12 tons per hectare, but uh, it is very difficult to arrive to, to this. It is only hills, very steep. Uh, we don't change the lines, but we change the plants when they died. So we have a very old plants in our wine estate. Okay. Uh, the mm -hmm. oldest is 85 years old. It's not bad. Okay. It's doing all right. Fantastic. Okay, so, and from this, uh, you can reach uh, a quality of wine, in particular our Rivetta, that we are very proud to say that uh, it was the first Cartizze Brut style. That means uh, with a very small quantity of sugar, only 10 grams per liter. Oh, yeah. Am I right in thinking that Cartese in general tends to be extra dry to have that extra little bit of sweetness? No, it, right? it was dry, dry, more than extra dry. With, uh, oh, uh, even, ah. Yes, 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 okay. with a 27 gram, gram per liter. So, because normally it was a wine for celebration for Christmas, the, the perfect wine to pair with the panettone. You know, panettone it is the typical uh, cake from uh, from Italy for Christmas. I know this cake very very well. Okay, I'm just, I'm very well, we're very well acquainted. <laughs> I think you know very well Italy and Veneto also. <laughs> I actually, I adore that region. I spent a decent amount of time and I have to say, and sorry for anyone who lives in Venice, but I spent four days in Val de Biadene and I just fell in love. It was actually a very, very important, special wine moment for me. And then we went to Venice afterwards and I just hated it. It was just too many people. It was too much madness. And after spending four days in the hills, oh, I just, I just needed to get back. I wanted to come back to Val de Biadene. So yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I know Veneto quite well. Janina, next time uh, you, you come to Valdobbiadene, you, you will be our guest. Oh, yes, because, I'm coming uh, to that beautiful, beautiful villa. <laughs> no, beautiful villa, but, but in Valdobbiadene, where we have our wine estate, we have also a locanda, the name is Locanda Sandy, with a restaurant and seven rooms in the, in the middle oh. of the vineyard. So it is yes. a very good Don't place. Don't ask me twice. You do not ask me twice. In fact, and where is it? Uh, you have a gym in the vineyards, right? The gym in the vineyard is uh, in front of the villa. We oh. have a vineyard in front of the villa. We have the gym because uh, we wanted to give to all the, the people living uh, in our town the opportunity mm -hmm. to create uh, some exercises. And also mm -hmm. to every 100 meter, they have also some example of what they can do in order to stay in shape. Okay. Love it. But the Locanda is in Valdobbiadene because the villa is in, the town is Crocetta del Montello. And mm -hmm. it is from Valdobbiadene around 10 kilometers. Uh, at the, the entrance of Valdobbiadene, you have the Villa Sandy Wine Estate, Valdobbiadene, where you have, uh, we have our Locanda Sandy with the restaurants and the seven rooms. And there is also a wine shop with the Enoteca where you can have an aperitif before lunch or dinner with a fantastic landscape. 
you can mm. sleep there you can enjoy with a bicycle yeah, uh, don't sell it too much otherwise as soon as everyone can fly again you're just going to have a queue you have a queue at the door. everyone's just going to be there waiting oh dear but um can you tell me a little bit more about cartesi just because it is so special now you've already said that you know once you've gone from doc to DOCG and now to Cartesi, that the yields are much lower. You have to produce much lower yields, which obviously helps the quality. Yes, uh, it is particularly good for the quality of the wine because this hill is protected by some mountains. Okay, uh, so, okay. Uh, so you don't have never a hard wind. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of hard rain. Okay, mm-hmm. and you have a small wind during all the day. So if you go there, you can understand that what happens you have a, a very good excursion of thermic excursion between night and day okay mm-hmm. but also during the day so this gives to the wine a particular character okay mm-hmm. in which uh, you have uh, all the characteristics uh, of the wine that uh, we tested before so this mm-hmm. tropical element this uh, peach uh, pear this uh, very creaminess in the in the mouth mm-hmm. but also very very deep flowers that uh, you can enjoy seeing also the the landscape of uh, of Cartizze because uh, I can tell you that uh, the central area of the UNESCO site is Cartizze. So you have to consider that it is a, a sort of a, a small uh, a hill inside a, a big area. I've heard that to buy a hectare of land in Cartese is like the most expensive place of land you can buy in the whole of Italy. It is uh, very difficult, first of all, to find, because uh, if you have uh, an hectare of, of cartice or a portion of land, you don't sell because uh, the grapes are very, very expensive. So, because also in cartice, not all the owners are producers, okay? Yeah. But uh, if it happens, it is very, very expensive. In fact, uh, Mr. Giancarlo, our president, could buy the cartice in 2010, Okay, mm-hmm. because uh, thanks God uh, there were uh, some uh, an heritage and there were four brothers. Mm-hmm. They were fighting and so they, they wanted to sell. And uh, he took the opportunity to buy immediately this. Uh, but also I can tell you that La Rivetta in Cartista is uh, something very unique because if you will come, you will see that you have a fantastic landscape around you and uh, you can sit down. There is also there one room where it is possible to sleep. Huh? Only one room. Ooh, a one room. That's <laughs> yeah. all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> and uh, also, it is the it is also the most awarded wine because it is the only wine producer in the Prosecco region with eleven times Trebicieri in the Cambro Rosso Guide. Okay. Yes. So it is the the only one, and also in the country we have good rates in in all the most important. But at the end, it is something very special. It is the one of the few Prosecco that you can find in the luxury wine list all over the world. And when you mention all that, just to let everyone know, it's about £30 a bottle for the Cartesi. Vigna sí. yes. la I sadly do have a bottle, but I didn't open it up for this because I wasn't sure if we were going to have enough time. So now I'm desperate. I'm going <laughs> to open it up over the weekend so I can't tell people what it tastes like guys but I'm going to leave you in suspense on my Instagram in a little while after this podcast is released I shall also give you my tasting notes on the very very delicious Cartese yeah it's it's special now you said white asparagus is a perfect pairing with the Cartese yes 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 yeah. My, my opinion, yes, because, you know, Cartista can pair also these um, very strong tastes, okay? And uh, mm-hmm. I know that wild asparagus is very popular in, uh, in UK because you, you produce a lot, different mm-hmm. from Italy, where the most important production is for white asparagus. 
and the white asparagus is better with the Valdobbiadene and Prosecco Superiore because it is a little, the taste is good, but the structure is a little bit lower than the white asparagus. Okay, good to mm. know. Now, I realize just one question before we slowly finish off. If you had to categorize the soil types, the Cartesi Hill versus, say, Valdobbiadene and mm. then a Solo, those three different areas, do they have just very specific soil types? The Cartesi is a morenic soil. Okay. Morenic, morenic soil. And mm-hmm. uh, w- what is very important about Cartizia is that uh, there is not uh, a lack of water. In fact, uh, if you oh, go to okay. Cartizia, you will not find uh, uh, water uh, spots uh, because uh, in, it is uh, a very generous uh, land. Okay. The characteristic of this land is that when you have the rain, the water permeates because it is like a, a small sponge, okay? Mm-hmm. Go downstairs, but stay at the soil level when you have the roots. Uh, and the roots can uh, use this water for many days. So mm-hmm. these uh, create uh, a very rich wine because uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have everything. In fact, if you come to, to Cartizia, also the, the height of the plants, uh, mm-hmm. it is not very low because uh, we don't have problem of water. If you mm-hmm. go, for example, in some parts, uh, in Bordeaux, for example, they are very small uh, very small distance fr- from the land because uh, there is lack of water. No? Mm. In, in Prosecco, you don't have. And also because uh, the plants are very old, so if you need to establish just one plant, you need to continue also in the old way. The pickup of the grapes is made only by hand. Okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, coming back to the soil of uh, the Valdobbiadene, for sure, uh, we have a, a mixture of morenic and clay soil okay? mm-hmm. in the Valdobbiadene region. Okay. In the DOC, it is mainly clay soil. Okay. Okay. In Nasolo, uh, we have a soil that is uh, mineral because we have also a richness uh, of yeah. stone uh, yeah. because it is next to the Piave River, in particular our wine yeah. state. So the, it makes uh, these uh, also different characteristics uh, of the different Prosecco we have. I can tell you that the different Prosecco comes also from another thing, from the, the quantity of wind and the water you have in the different part of Prosecco because, uh, as I told you, the Prosecco land is very wide. So mm-hmm. from one part to another part, there can be very important difference. Okay, super interesting. I love that tick. Now I fully understand. Mm-hmm. Now, just to finish off, I want everybody who is listening to hear from you so they can enjoy... Prosecco to its fullest. What temperature should they be drinking their Proseccos at? And do you have a favorite wine glass that they should be putting it in to get the most out of it? Uh, for me, the, the best temperature is 10, 12 Celsius degree mm-hmm. because uh, mm-hmm. it is important to serve a chilled. Okay. Yeah. I suggest always to have also a nice bucket to put the bottle with the, the ice and maintain the temperature that you can have. The glass, uh, I know that uh, in UK, the flute uh, is uh, still uh, uh, very popular, but uh, honestly, it's not my favorite because uh, mm-hmm. I like uh, a little bit uh, uh, wider. wider because mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in this way, you can perceive uh, uh, also the, the nose is more perceivable. And also now we have uh, wider glasses in which uh, you can perceive the, the palazzo as well because when you have a, a, a glass of bubbly, okay, mm-hmm. it is important to see also the perlage because it yeah. is part of the wine. And if you can see the perlage and the perlage is very refined, you can understand that uh, you are drinking a very quality Prosecco. The perlage is one of the most important proof of the quality. If uh, you have a small bubbles, it means that perhaps you are drinking a very quality Prosecco. If the bubbles are very big, it means that the second fermentation was very quick. 
So uh, you, at the end of the day, it's not uh, the, the best uh, Prosecco that you can drink. But, but you know, the, the secret of Prosecco is that it is a democratic wine that you can drink in every occasion, mm. in, every, in, in every opportunity. For example, the Cartizze, I like uh, the best moment of the day that I like to enjoy the Cartizze is alone after dinner. <laughs> Right. <laughs> alone don't disturb me leave me alone this is an important moment right <laughs> yes 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 you can enjoy for sure after dinner with uh, your friends mm-hmm. if we had dinner together but sometimes uh, when I, I am at home uh, and uh, i want to to relax a little bit uh, i do like mm-hmm. this but uh, it is uh, a food friendly also pizza but uh, in my opinion uh, after dinner can be the, the best okay that's very good to know there we go. So people have got some tips when they're going to treat themselves with a beautiful bottle of Villa Sande Cartesi. So people can see in the show notes all the information where they're going to be able to get that bottle from. And of course, if you follow me on Instagram, then you're going to be able to see the actual bottle Cartesi, which I will make sure I put up. Um, Flavio, thank you so much for just taking us through the little journey, the hierarchy, the different flavours, Asolo versus Valdebiadne, so people can understand, because they are the same price. I think we didn't comment on that. They're around £16 from the Bella Vista shop. So now people can choose, do they want the more mineral, honeyed, a bit more intense style, which is Asolo, or do they want the little bit more elegant, fruitier style, which is Valdebiadne? So people will now know. So, yeah, now I think you've made everyone Prosecco professionals. <laughs> I hope, I hope. It was my passion to speak about uh, our wines. And uh, I thank you for uh, the, the opportunity because uh, you know that uh, it, it is always a, a good time to speak about premium Prosecco. Absolutely. And you know what? It's always a good time to drink premium Prosecco. Cheers, Flavio. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Thank you. Cheers to you. <laughs> Now, the Charmat method got mentioned during this podcast, and that is the method in how Prosecco is made, but we didn't go into detail. To explain it a little bit more, firstly, you may actually hear it called several things. Tank method, metodo italiano, cuve close, marenotte method, and of course, the Charmat method. Now, the history behind this is it was actually invented and patented in 1895 by an Italian winemaker from Asti. So that's up in the Piemonte region. His name was Federico Martinotti, hence the Martinotti method. And you're going to find within the Prosecco region and a lot of Italy, they will often call it the Martinotti method because he originally came up with the first design. Now, it was pretty well adapted for commercial use, but it was actually using wooden tanks. Then... It was in 1907 that a French winemaker called Eugene Charmat, hence Charmat Method, he refined, shall we say, and added some improvements and patented that. So he created the autoclaves that we use today, which is made from stainless steel. Now, if we look at the Charmat method compared to the méthode champenoise, so the traditional method they do in Champagne, they both go through two fermentations. So in Prosecco, you take your base wine, your already made wine, and you put it in an autoclave for a second fermentation. So an autoclave is basically a large closed pressure tank. 
so it's going to keep the bubbles in because a byproduct of fermentation is carbon dioxide so if it's trapped in a tank or trapped in a bottle of course those bubbles are going to dissolve into the wine that's what we want that gives us the fizz so this second fermentation happens in a big large closed tank it's then pumped off of the lees and it's cooled and filtered whilst under pressure and then it is bottled while still under pressure. Now the idea of the Charmat method compared to the method Champenoise is it's all about the fruit, fresher flavours and less of the otolytic characters that come from lees aging, so your biscuity notes that you might find in Champagne. Now the wonderful advantage of the Charmat method is the labour costs are much less. Because you are filtering under pressure, you don't have to do the riddling, which is the turning of the bottles to slowly coax the lees and the yeast to the neck of the bottle as you turn that bottle upside down so you can extract it for then the process of disgorgement, which is a special way of freezing that yeast in the neck of the bottle and then popping it out. But none of that is necessary with a Charmat method, so it makes things faster and, of course, cheaper. This method is also used for Lambrusco or Asti in Italy and also German sect often uses the Charmat method. Right well it's wine quote time and I wanted to bring you one that would allow you to reflect on your life choices and your health possibilities. Granted actually this is not really a wine quote but one I'm sure you've seen on a t-shirt or on a coaster and it so factually states a banana is 105 calories, a glass of Prosecco is 80. Choose wisely. (laughs) I shall leave you all to ponder on the profoundness of that statement. Right, thank you everyone for listening. I hope that's got you right in the mood for a lovely glass of Prosecco. Guys, you know what I'm going to say. If you haven't liked, shared, subscribed, left me a comment, do it. Do it now. I will love you forever. You're all amazing. Thank you for your support as always. And until the next episode, salute and cheers to you.